We've subjected ourselves to this suffering, and therefore you have to experience more. Ourself, yes. We did mm-hmm. this. Is, this was I our... did this, and I feel only pride in having this, done this so. This was our collective idea that we decided as a group would be fun. <laughs> we definitely do. weren't railroaded into this. Uh, we as a group thought that you, dear reader, would love to join us on. Ah. <laughs> This will be yep. our spin-off show, the Medium Bonk Theory. <laughs> this is going to be what gets us sued, canceled, or uh, blow up into popularity. <laughs> <laughs> Ideally, all three. Bong. Bong. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Medium Bong Theory. A show where three cool guys share a collective bazinga about the 2000 sitcom, The Large Being Theory. I'm Jim Parsons, and with me as always are my two friends Sam Bazinga. What's the bit we're doing this week again? (laughs) And Mike Bazonga. Yeah, hey, what's up? (laughs) Episode 12 of Bulk Bung Theory is called Uh The Jerusalem Duality. (laughs) (laughs) I regret this decision. (laughs) Yeah, me too. (laughs) Well, why would you regret this? Especially when the episode begins with Shelton, our hero, sitting down uh, to lunch with one of his friends. After nothing, he starts complaining about teleportation, and his friend decides to humor him. The laugh track indicates we should find this funny. So, yeah, God, <laughs> go ahead. So, uh, this is presented as something like nerds talk about and only really smart people would get, but this was literally a college admission question for me in 2005. (laughs) It's also a dumb nerd gag that's been a thing since, like, the original Star Trek. Like, there have been dumb conversations have been happening about this since, I don't know, if you were in your 60s, this was happening when you were this age. Coincidentally, the target audience for the Big Bang Theory is a bunch of people who are currently in their late 50s, early 60s. So this is, hey, remember back when you heard vaguely about nerd stuff? I mean, yeah, hasn't this always been a thing? Like, if, if, like, from the minute people were like, hey, this is happening. But, like, I mean, these guys are supposed to be, like, the tip-top physics monsters, right? I mean, I don't know, man. Fuck it. Remember the thing? <laughs> All TV has always catered to boomers, no matter what age boomers have been. True, such as, that's what Doug Like, Home too. Improvement was catered to boomers in the 90s. I mean, I don't know an 80s show, but all that shit is boomer Home shit. Improvement. Right, also Home, home Improvement. improvement. <laughs> the Simpsons, <laughs> not for boomers. Made by boomers, but not for boomers. Yeah, The Simpsons was distinctly Janet. Yeah, this show is like if somebody watched The Simpsons and you're like, you know what would be make this show better? If all the characters were Lisa and Milhouse. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That is a good idea. Let's write that down. <laughs> I mean, when I watch this show, it is, to me, extremely alienating, because this is, like, the most popular show of all time, and you can like whatever you want, that's fine, I don't really care, but, like... The fact that there's so many people that watch the show and don't turn it off immediately out of disgust (laughs) is, like, disconnecting me from humanity a little bit. I think part of the appeal is that it is that same old sitcom formula that's been updated to have some of the modern trappings, but still has... All of those old structural bits you know and love, for example, all women exist as sexual objects for the protagonists, 
everything is centered around the trials and travails of a protagonist at a time. And the supporting cast is weirdly aware that they are the supporting cast to the main character. Look, can we take a step back real quick and, like, explain to Dear Reader, who is just just humoring us so hard and listening to this right now, and explain oh, yeah. the no, bit? No, we have to leave them the deep end forever. Yeah, let's explain. We're talking about the Big Bang Theory for a very good joke. <laughs> that we are very excited to be bringing to you today we're also not starting with episode one because that would make sense we're doing episode 12 (laughs) the jerusalem duality we're doing this because april fools april (laughs) instead of bringing you i know y'all are hungry for doug right now don't worry we've gotten you doug 2020 In 2007. (laughs) The real horror of this is that uh, in our warm-up, we were discussing that uh, this is vaguely evocative of Disney Doug. And part of the reason why Disney Doug is so repellent is because they moved it forward in the timeline a bunch. This is kind of the same effect. You have a protagonist who is just a noxious, self-absorbed little shit, but because it is 2007... The context has shifted somewhat, and the noxious, self-absorbed little shit has a social structure that kind of explains why he is what he is. But then it just sort of, well, I don't have anything interesting to say with this, so we're just gonna do standard sitcom shit. Yeah, it's very fun and enjoyable for all. This episode took me 90 minutes to watch. Oh, yeah. Which... To compare it to Disney Doug, uh, the first episode of Disney Doug I watched took me three days. Look, Granted, I yeah. didn't have a deadline, but it was still, <laughs> still levels of misery are comparable. I'd have to yes. see more of Disney Doug to see which one's worse, but right now I'm leaning towards Disney Doug. I don't know, man. From the two-thirds of one Disney Doug episode <laughs> that I've watched before, I can tell you that at least Doug is visually interesting, sort of. <laughs> There's art design going on, whereas the extent of the art design in this show is they occasionally dress the nerds up in a wacky outfit. I think we're just so fucking sick of looking at Doug's dumb face that we don't want to like, we don't want to like Disney Doug at all, and we want to say it's worse, whereas this one, we're just like- Are you staking out the grounds that Disney Doug is good, Mike? No, I'm saying- your next words with exceptional care. All I'm saying is that it is better than this fucking show. Right. Okay. Because uh, this show, I think there is just a novelty, a little bit of novelty to the awful because we've been stuck in the dug hole for so long. Right. This is so. I don't know, man. Just to reiterate the fact that we are going for the uh, updated standard sitcom trope. Yeah. So the Star Trek, what's the difference between teleporting and killing the last version of you and building a new person thinks it's you? Okay. This is a gag so old that literally the original Star Trek had a bit about it. But. The friend asks, well, wait, would it be possible the new version be better? And Shelton says that no, it would be exactly the same. The friend says, hmm, I can see how that would be a problem. Laugh track. The joke, you see, is that his friends despise him. Yeah, that's the joke throughout this entire fucking episode. That's the entire thing, is that they hate this this man that they hang around all the time. (laughs) 
that they choose yeah. to hang around with. It's this little fucking gremlin. <laughs> we just fucking despise this insufferable prick who has never demonstrated any reason we should hang out with him. Um, yeah. It's wrong cool. it's wrong out for laughs for twelve years. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and we love it. Everybody loves it. And we were discussing before this, Jim wanted to pretend like he liked the show, but we were <laughs> yeah. just like, we, the, the bit cannot handle two levels. <laughs> we have to abort that bit so hard. It was, he, we, not only would he not be able to stay in character for the entire time, if he somehow managed to, it would be insufferable. <laughs> just like Bingo Bongo. A distinction from how I normally talk. That was, Jim, we like you. Like, don't get me wrong. Like there's 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 not a bit behind we like you and you are her friend. But holy shit, brother! Uh, after go- watching this, after taking nuanced notes on this episode, I'm questioning whether anybody likes anybody. Really, <laughs> I'm not. The world of the Big Bong is a really dark and horrible world. Yeah, and that's why we're not doing a full show on it. Jesus, <laughs> this is a cautionary tale. Yeah. Anyway. Professor Ugi arrives and presents a small child to Shelton and the other nerd. Hmm. The child's introduced as Skunky Beaumont, a 15-year-old much-sought-after doctoral candidate, and they're hoping to have him do his graduate work here. Shelton immediately attempts to reinforce his position as the largest bong by saying he started graduate school at 14, and then Skunky fires back with the fact he lost a ear while his family is tunneling out of North Korea. So hold on. So there's something very weird, I think, in the laugh track beats in this section, right? So, okay, fine. We know that laugh tracks in shows like this are ubiquitous, right? They they happen after fucking every line because they everyone loves it, right? Everyone laughs mm-hmm. constantly after every You line. have to oink like a pig after every joke. Right. It is important to remind the audience that this is the part that's supposed to be funny. But so, okay, if that is the case, why do they laugh after the professor is introduced, right? Like, the professor shows up, says his name, and then people laugh. They're just like, whoa! <laughs> no, it's, it's, not, it's not Professor Ogie. It's something else, but I didn't write it down, so we're going to have to call him Professor Ogie. <laughs> right. It's, that but is the, correct, my, yes. my point is, is that it's not like a remarkable name. It's not like, hey, I'm Professor Funtimes McDick Holding. Like, I mean, it's they, they, don't, they don't like say... That's a, Dr. Professor Funtimes McDick Holding to you. <laughs> Fair enough. But, like, they laugh after it. Like, do you think that this was intended as a joke or that the people were just so fucking conditioned that they were held at gunpoint? I don't know if you guys know this, but when you have a live studio audience, they have to watch, like, all... It takes, like, eight hours to film these episodes. (laughs) And when they fuck up the bits... uh, the Half the reason there's a laugh track is because you've seen the same joke, like, four or five times. And that makes it funnier? No, it doesn't make it funnier. It makes it worse. But they, they have to, sh- they have to ha- like sprinkle in the laughs, laugh. So maybe like this is this laugh is uh, some mistake that we didn't get to see. Oh, yes. I see. Like, they, there is the laugh track is a very complicated piece of editing, and they are ultimately just slapping in laughs on top of where they think the audience should be cackling. And P.S. There is a sign indicating laughter when mm-hmm. they are recording the laugh track. Like, of course, this is the part you find funny, asshole. Imagine watching this show in a live audience for eight hours. Oh no! I mean, we, we effectively all had to watch it for eight <laughs> hours because it took us eight hours. <laughs> right, the gravitational pull of space time dilated it into eight hours. 
That's a nerd reference you yeah. might remember. That's <laughs> a physics theory. theory. <laughs> <laughs> and oh. apropos of this, and the aftermath of Skunky saying that he lost a year while his family is tunneling out of North Korea, Shelton's eyes widen and he recoils slightly. And just to make sure you fucking get it, his buddy then says, Advantage, Skunky, as the laugh track rolls. That's very good. It's a it's a tennis joke, folks. <laughs> yeah, tennis, that noted nerd sport. They would yeah. America would never accept a North Korean science immigrant. Never <laughs> Not happened. a chance in hell. I suppose that's true. CIA would immediately label him a spy and ship him back. <laughs> oh my God. This is a definite thing that would happen. But remember, it is 2007. We haven't gone full bore on that one. They can still just be all, oh, yeah, there's this country that you've heard about and it's bad. And congratulations to this kid for getting out. I suppose. This also reminds me, I actually knew a kid in elementary school whose stated objective every week was to find an error in the math textbook. <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> so, that's how nerds really are it's like, yeah. just, like so just like bizarrely complex and weird not just like <laughs> hey here's a bit, bit about space yeah. yeah there's hyper focus is a thing that we are all very familiar with as oh, people yeah. have done oh, yeah. years of a podcast about Doug loving it but it's always something that it is a constant cycle of new shit there's not a just vague, I am aware of pop culture, but because this show is for the general audience of boomers, in place of any kind of actual interesting fixation, it just has to be they know a bunch of nerd pop culture references. They can't risk having any actual focus on something real. Wikipedia, baby. Yes. <laughs> they probably have an episode where, yeah, that's Wikipedia. We do have an Age of Conan episode, we know that. Fuck yeah, that game that I loved to play in college that you guys all abandoned me on. (laughs) Immediately. (laughs) Bullshit. You're the young Sheldo, Mike. Oh boy. Congratulations on being Sheldo. Fuck yeah. (laughs) College Sheldo is me. Oh, Jesus. Don't worry, that's probably the next one that happens after young Sheldo. Oh boy. (laughs) Anyway, the Ugi says, I thought you could show him around, show him we're the best physics research institution in the country, and the child cuts in calling bullshit because the school doesn't have some cool gadgets, and also the string theory here is a dead end. Shelton's offended, as that's his research, and it's definitely not a dead end, and Skunky proceeds to just fucking own his ass with what is basically saying, yeah, huh, it sucks, but in nerd speak. Oh no, young Sheldon, he's getting out. (laughs) Shelton stands up, clearly anticipating doing violence on the intransigent child, but his buddy sits him back down. Also, none of them, they're eating lunch at this time. They're in the, like, cafeteria, and none of them have touched their lunch. (laughs) Sheldon (laughs) has a full sandwich that he has picked up and placed down multiple times, and he is not eating his sandwich. It looks delicious. (laughs) He has important arguments about teleportation to be getting into. Yeah, but come on, man. he talks about how he fucking hates him. (laughs) But you gotta eat your sandwich, brother. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know, man. There is a great Danny DeVito bit where he describes, like, it's a very complicated bit for acting to try to pretend to eat something while you are acting because you still have to get the words out. That's true. And he has this wonderful description, you can find this on YouTube, of you do have to just lean into just how much of a fucking slob you're being 
and you do have to store some of the yolk in a pocket of your cheek so that you can spew it out at whenever it will be funniest. Nice. That does make sense. Fair enough. Yeah. All right. Well, maybe that happened in one of the 10 hundred takes in which the laugh track was. He ate yes. 40 sandwiches over the course oh, of Oh, yeah. Day. Yes. By the time they got a good one, he was sick of sandwiches. <laughs> no, that's a good show. Yugi then says, now we've been over this. We're updating our equipment. We welcome your input on our research and we'll look the other way if you want to use some of the grant money on human trafficking your grandfather. The laugh track goes fucking apeshit at the thought of him using the grant money to get a family member out of North Korea. Free his grandfather from a forced labor camp. (laughs) Yeah, why would you use money for good humanitarian purposes when you could use them to own Sheldo, bitch? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Jokes? Yes, it's good. The show isn't just unfunny, it's just kind of reprehensible, too. Yeah, it's just offensive, really. (laughs) It's just like, I don't know, like half of this show so far is just like, Oh, sick. Isn't North Korea full of torture? Cool. (laughs) And then there's some sniping back and forth about uh, Sheldon's research is or isn't a dead end. And then the young child says, ooh, chocolate milk, and wanders off. Ah, that's really good. It's it's funny because it's it's chocolate milk. And isn't that later? If you thought that wasn't funny enough, wait for the next bit, gentle viewer. Well, hold on. Later, doesn't like, isn't there a whole thing? Like, throughout this episode, I just thought about this. Like, later it becomes a thing where they're like, oh shit, we have to like distract this kid and make him like not be Sheldo's competition, right? Correct. But, and so he's easily distracted by chocolate milk. Why don't they just like give him a fuck ton of chocolate milk? (laughs) Yeah, that he might be susceptible to treats, but this thought is ignored. (laughs) Because instead, Shelton says, I sense a disturbance in the force. And the other nerd responds, Ooh, a bad feeling I have about this. I stopped watching the episode after this. After yeah, me too. That sucks, man. That just sucks. I was imagining doing like a read for these roles, and I was just like, oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's 2007, and he's doing a Yoda impression. <laughs> laughs on a sitcom it's star wars baby it's also popular (laughs) it's a thing i know about the best part is it's even a thing that luke says but it's yoda saying it and what yeah there's not even a meta like there's no level on which this joke functions it doesn't even work as a straight reference that's why it's a joke that's why it's uh it's not copyright is because they change the characters and they say it in a different sort of voice so that's why the artistry of the joke that's where it comes from you see i understand entirely and will question you no further thank you (laughs) god anyway we finally made it to the title card Almost there. (laughs) Almost there. (laughs) Only 20 minutes of Big Bong to go. Anyway, that follows up after the title card. There is a legit gag as the more socially adept nerd is now taking point and proves that even more socially adept nerds shouldn't be allowed to socialize. It's like, how long have you been in America? Year and a half. You speak English well. Yeah, so do you. It's good. good. That's actually, you know what? If you're going to do that crack, you've done it decently. If you are seeing somebody who's been in America for a short time, you say, wow, your English is so good. Their instinctive reaction is likely to be, yeah, fuck off, buddy. Mm -hmm. Yes. 
I mean, <laughs> this is the most woke thing that they do in the entire episode. So it's okay. I would agree. Yeah. Yep. And it's all downhill from here. <laughs> it's 2007, so that's, you know Good. what? I'll give Fine. points. Sure. You did it. You did it. You had, you had to have a character being openly racist to do it, but fine. It's, it's fine. <laughs> we have established that being racist is bad. Right. Please don't remember that being racist is bad for the rest of this episode, because who boy, it won't age well. Right. At least you put the, the good like statement in the hands of the antagonist of this episode. <laughs> yes. <laughs> anyway, Shelton tries to escape into his office so he doesn't have to interact with the child. The child points out that the math Shelton has been doing is wrong. Shelton just says, out. And... Yeah, that's about all there is on that. They're just mm. describing that he's a big dickhole. Boss, <laughs> big dickholes. Oh, my God. Who's going to be the bigger dickhole now? Is this going to be now this kid's show? Is he going to be the smallest bong theory? Who can say? <laughs> no, we have to wait for young Shelton for right. that to happen. Watch now on CBS. Maybe young Shelton will be this kid's babysitter in the future. And then that's where they the kid is like, I need to be smart in the future so that I can really stick it to old Shelton. And then young Shelton <laughs> has him kicked back to North Korea. Yes. Yeah, there you go. We figured out the lore. Yeah, good job. Bazinga. 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 Remember oh, that? It. No. Speaking of lore... The, it is brought up that uh, he Shelton has the Stevenson Award in his office, and Shelton glimmers with some pride to be the youngest person ever to win it. And the young nerd points out, well, you were the youngest person ever to win it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The audience Sheldon. goes, ooh, to make sure you get this is a burn. And then social nerd piles on with, just to make sure you and the audience get the joke. <laughs> It's like looking into an obnoxious little mirror, isn't it? The joke, you see, is that his friends despise him. Look, wouldn't, okay, if this is such a big deal, like if this award is such a big deal to Sheldon, wouldn't he know that someone else has received the award later? Like, why is this news to him? Yeah. Because the joke you? doesn't work then. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fair. <laughs> if I decide to play along with the episode's conceit, then okay, Sheldon's so self-absorbed that uh, okay, he just knows he got it and he never paid attention to anyone since. Sure, but like, if his point of pride is that he's the youngest, shouldn't he like know that monitored? fact? Yes. Yeah, like he's big on Look, facts. What about constant... Sheldon's character suggests he's aware of facts or information? Because he makes constant reference throughout this episode. He's constantly like, "That's not very scientific." That doesn't follow, like, like you know, due course, due process of investigation, right? You'd think that if something as important as this, as life-defining as this, uh, was upset, that he would know about it immediately, right? Even if there was a contender for it. Counterpoint, Bazinga. Oh, yeah. No, you're right. I forgot yeah, about Sam that. Sam makes a very good point. <laughs> mm. Folks, Bazinga. Folks, bazinga. They love it. They Put love the lat track in here, whoever's editing this. Yeah. Do course, it one more time. One more time. Bazinga. No, that one gets a boo. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, it'll just make the lat track quieter and quieter throughout this episode. <laughs> so it turns into moans of pain. Yeah, we gotta, you know what we gotta do? We gotta contract out our listeners to send us laugh tracks and boos. <laughs> <laughs> there will be like one laugh track, one person. 
Everyone else just said, boom. Yeah. Bring Where? back Mike as the host. Fuck. Where's Doug? <laughs> <laughs> Somebody just sends us the sound of a gunshot. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, I miss Doug, man. <laughs> I do too. I'm actually, you know what? Right now, I on purpose wore my beach shirt to remember the good days. <laughs> I'm wearing a shirt that says the Beats World Tour on it. <laughs> your sound's going to be really bad in this episode because you keep just looking down at your shirt and talking on the floor. <laughs> I've got my shirt stuffed in my mouth. <laughs> Uh, we go now to the nerd hole where Hell the yeah. lady is commenting that food is good. Dude, she's eating white rice and saying that it's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, white rice is good. She's right. That's true. But she's like saying that this specific white rice is delicious. Mm-hmm. It's probably, it's just unseasoned, unflavored white rice. <laughs> Your favorite, Sam. My favorite. <laughs> she motions to the hot nerd who's seated across from her. And he just kind of mutely gestures. She says, still can't talk to me unless you're drunk, huh? Which, of course, we all remember was the main plot from episode eight. Was it? Yes. Oh. That was the original episode I thought we were going to do. And then I was like, no, we're not doing that one. I would not have watched that. (laughs) The laugh track reminds you that it is funny that the guy she is dating cannot talk to her unless he's inebriated. As she says, oh, sweetie, you're so damaged and hugs him. (sighs) And then they take turns like harassing the girl Being like hey you should hug me baby The introduction (laughs) of Bull Cut Bull Cut says hey I'm damaged too How about a hug for me And the lady says sure Hot nerd hug Bull Cut And the laugh track goes apeshit At the thought of gay stuff between the nerds (laughs) Boys hugging each other baby My favorite activity (laughs) I'm uh, I'm hugging my co-host right now. Yeah, we're sending each other hugs over the. <laughs> we're both talking into the same microphone with our cheeks pressed together. <laughs> Sam is continuing to choke me, but it's okay. I'm into it. Wait, wait, wait a minute. Are you guys recording with other co-hosts right now? <laughs> I feel left well, out. Well, this this guy looks like Mike. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you might as well be. <laughs> They're all basically interchangeable. All nerds are the same, as is the thesis of this entire show. Yeah. <laughs> Shelton then sighs dramatically because nobody's paying attention to him, and social nerd tells him, All right, spit it out, you dingus. And today he went from being Mozart to being, you know, the other guy. Bullcut volunteers that the other guy's name is Salieri, and Shelton is crestfallen that he has been alphaed on by the runt of the nerd pack. You think he is? You think he's the runt? I don't know. I don't know any of their roles. (laughs) He appears to be the runt of the nerd pack insofar as all the others are comfortable dunking on him. He's Uh, the only one that doesn't have his IQ listed in the Wikipedia page for the Big Bang Theory. Oh, shit. All right, then that's conclusive evidence. (laughs) (laughs) I do want to appreciate Bull Cut's actor doing work here because his physicality is developed. He's holding his arms into his body. He has his shoulders hunched and he's partially leaning forward to look shorter. He's locked in sort of a permanent semi-cringe to completely sell this is the most repugnant nerd. And he's got a cool Batman belt buckle later, so he's sick. 
Oh, God. Yeah, my man. He does also fire back on Shelton with, you don't have so many friends you can afford to start insulting them. And the audience goes, ooh, to make sure that you get the joke, which is that Shelton's friends hate him. They all hate him. We all hate this man. (laughs) It's so sad. Yeah, again, very alienating because, like, I just want to turn this show off every time Sheldon speaks. (laughs) I just want to turn this show off. This show off anytime anyone speaks. Like I just, I feel kind of bad, right? <laughs> it's so profoundly hateful. Every yeah. single bit. There is no warmth. There is no joy. There is only hate. Like at least Doug. Sometimes the friends are nice to each other, and like I need that. <laughs> yeah, sometimes the friends are nice, and it's for stupid reasons, and it's inexplicable. But they are at least nice. There is no kindness here. Yeah. I don't think anyone does anything nice throughout the entire episode. Well, the nerd friends try to do something nice, but their understanding of... Oh, we'll get there. I don't think they do, but let's keep going. Oh, uh, yeah. The <laughs> Shel- the Shelton drops an extended Texas metaphor. The lady doesn't get it, and laughs the lady does ask uh why sheldo because he does a metaphor about like how if a cow doesn't give milk anymore then they should just shoot the cow or whatever and the lady does ask for sheldo's milking so that is nice (laughs) we should all be milking sheldo right that's what the i think the subtext here is that the reason they hang out with sheldo is because he offers nutritious milkies (laughs) all right guys you pull my arm i don't want to do it but i will suck off sheldo i think that's that's what, I think that's what the subtext is. Fine, like, I'll do it. I'll look, do it. I don't want to do it, but I'll, I'll do it. Oh, oh boy. No, no, no. But like, here's the thing, right? Final so Fantasy never... Victor Street theme plays as Sheldon busts a nut. No, 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 but check it out. So they haven't explained, like, with this whole time we've been like, okay, so why do they hang out with Sheldon? Like, he's there, and they all hate him, obviously, and that's the joke, right? And Okay, maybe maybe they hang out with him because the one guy, like, they, he's the only roommate he could get or whatever, yeah, right? Yeah, let me jump forward a little bit to that because there's that is about to be brought up. Well, I just want to say yeah. that I think the reason they hang out with him is because he produces nutritious milkies. <laughs> <laughs> but now he isn't. <laughs> I, we don't see him eat during Fine. this episode, so I... So I think he buys food, but then he never eats it, and so he can just always have his leftovers. And his leftovers do look tasty. Yeah, like the sandwich that he wasn't eating at lunch. (laughs) Yeah, and the white rice he's not eating now, despite how we're being assured that it's the delicious and most spicy food anyone has ever had. And the milk is from his shell. He should just produce milk to distract a young child. Yeah, yeah, his milk, the Sheldo's milkies. Milk. All he yeah. needs to add some chocolate syrup and bam, we're good. There you go. Sheldo's milkies from his udders are perfect. That's all we need in this episode. <laughs> yum, yum. Oh, boy. <laughs> Who needs physics? <laughs> <laughs> There's delicious milk. Yeah. Sheldo, come. I'm lactose intolerant, sort of. <laughs> Social nerd says you always knew this day would come, but that somebody would turn out to be smarter than you. But Sheldon continues to be pissy, talking about he figured it would only be once cyborgs were a thing. And then he just drops a sick-ass burn on the lady for the crime of trying to express interest in his suffering. I mean, that's all anyone's doing throughout this episode is expressing interest in Sheldon's suffering. Yeah, Even though they hate him. Yeah. They're just like, we need this abuse, daddy. <laughs> yeah. The lady raises the question Mike just raised by saying, why do any of you people hang out with him? And Bull Cut volunteers, 
I mean, we like the social nerd. I I think it's because he they make he makes milkies. That's gotta be it. That's gotta be it. I mean, that's the only reason. We all love milkies. Even if it's for lactose intolerant. And that's why the kid dunks on him all the time is because he likes chocolate milk and he knows that chocolate milk can be found in the vending machine. So he's like, wait, and therefore Sheldon is obsolete. Exactly. Yes, I understand now. Exactly. The Milky's theory. This, this is the subtext of this. This should episode, be the, ep- the episode title is the Milky's theory <laughs> the instead of the Jerusalem theory. duality. <laughs> oh, we'll get to the fucking Jerusalem duality. Sheldo's udders. <laughs> oh, it's all suck on Sheldo's udders. <laughs> Look, now that I don't have to host this, I can do whatever I want. So yes, I'm sir. High five. <laughs> Welcome to the hellhole. <laughs> all right. As if speaking directly to me, Shelton's, uh, Shelton's buddy says, what are you going to do? Just give up? And Shelton responds, yes. Good. End the episode right there. End the series. <laughs> Fade the block. There it's over. Good. Let's all go home. Law and order theme place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he proposed his life is now over and he should just wait to die. And I will confess that this is, as a small child, I was awful about this. As an adult, I'm only mildly better. You don't instantly excel at something. And so therefore, well, I guess I should just give up forever now. Wah, wah, wah. That seems sensible to me. <laughs> that's why That's why our, you know that our podcast was amazing from the first episode. It's because we didn't give up. <laughs> yeah, that's the only thing that checks out here. That's why this episode is continuing, despite all fucking continuity. Yeah, because it's good. Right, it's, good. It's, very, it's very good. We have to talk about Sheldon's otters more. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Shelton, as a grown-ass man, is learning he can be beaten at something for the first time, is all sulky, and just stomps out of the room. Room, and the lady asks whether or not they can just kill him. Yes. Yes, they can. Yeah. <laughs> Laugh good. track, ad break. Have you enjoyed act one? I know I have. Anyway. We're almost there. Robe wearing Sheldon has decided his career isn't over, so he's going to work with his buddy. And the buddy is visibly depressed about this. So, uh, what is it you do? I know you chatter on about it all the time, but I've never really paid attention. This is a trait unique to Shelton, shared by nobody else on this podcast, right? <laughs> I ask you guys about Giselles all the time, and you're like, shut up. <laughs> shut up. Yeah, see? <laughs> Fucking assholes. Also, this episode is clearly sponsored by Dell XPS. It's the only thing in this room that has any lighting on it. It's a Dell XPS laptop. It's in bright red. Yeah, that's one of my favorite parts of like watching syndicated shows is seeing who they're clearly sponsored by. Do you know that they edit some syndicated shows to update the uh, sponsors? Really? <laughs> yeah, like, they, like after they put it, there's on like a, a green network? screen area where the where the uh, sponsors is and and where the sponsors are supposed to be, and then wow. they change it. That's incredible. That happened Holy with shit. I How I Met Your Mother a ton. My favorite part, uh, my favorite part of that House of Cards show, right? In the first, I think it was like the first season. I don't remember. There was a scene where the two main characters, the uh, the 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 two like husband and wife main characters, Senator pedophile and his wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're having an argument, and they're having an argument on. Pardon me. Allegedly, Kevin Spacey has only allegedly (laughs) been implicated in a whole bunch of stuff but they're having an argument at like a table and in the center well lit like perfectly lit is a box of cereal 
of like I don't remember what type of cereal it is, but it is perfectly it's the Honey Nut lit. Cheerios. Like, let's ask Something the Honey like Nut that. Cheerios B his opinion about our political machinations. It's so good because it's like the first time that they ever have conflict in the entire show. Otherwise, they're like on the on the same team or whatever, and it's just like sponsored by Cheerios. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Anyway, this scene drags on fucking agonizingly, and at the end, Shelton gets the hint and just goes away on a rolly chair. Yeah, they do the great bit where the characters tell Shelton to go away, and they repeat this bit about 17 times. Yeah, I counted them. We should be used to that in our Doug show. <laughs> the thing is, in Doug, they don't repeat the bit 17 times. Like, they don't they have time to do it. Yeah, it's like they half would. the length. <laughs> they would. Yeah, they'd they still could. drive things they in would. with a fucking sledgehammer, but they drive it in with a sledgehammer with a couple of strong blows, and then they leave it in there. This one, we want to reiterate, everybody fucking despises Shelton. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> So as to establish that everybody despises Shelton, we cut to Bullcut, who is chewing his mom out for not giving him a ding-dong in the lunch she packed him. They rip off a joke from Popeye. Like, there's, a, <laughs> there's a fucking hamburger guy from Popeye joke here. Popeye mm-hmm. is from, like, the 1920s. I mean, yep. okay, so that's that's what, that bit's again, like open sh- source now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We should be used to this from Doug, is that they, like, you know, rip off old-timey shit. I am used to it. It's just upsetting every time it happens. They've got nothing. Just like, I'd gladly pay you Tuesday for a hamburger today bullshit. Anyway, that brief bit dies and Shelton wanders into the engineering lab, shows up to shit talk engineers and says the line, hello, Oompa Loompas of science. That's so funny. Laugh track loses its goddamn shit. Look, uh, this is... This is the scene that made me think a lot about uh, extras in shows because there's like this whole there is, so the engineering lab. There's three people in the engineering lab, right? There's Bullcut and then Shell and then there's two other guys in the background. And Sheldo is coming in and talking all this shit, and like Bullcut is chewing him out and like telling him that he sucks and shit. And the two people in the back aren't even looking at him. They're just like, "Oh, Tuesday already, right?" And like. Mm-hmm. I feel like at least somebody would just be like, what the hell? Shut like, the fuck this? up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And also fucking Bullcut is eating lunch at, in the lab, like at Not the lab good. table. Like, <laughs> you gotta get for, crumbs for, into your very complicated electronics. And specifically for something that's going into space. Like he, he mentions that this thing is for a space project and he's gonna fucking put a sandwich in it, right? Like, come on, man. We choose to send this corned beef and rye to the moon. Yeah. And there's a sign outside that says no smoking outside of the engineering lab. It's probably just left over there from the days of like 1960s engineers where if you weren't smoking a cigarette at all times, you were viewed as a possible gay man. They haven't figured out if uh, food is a contaminant or not. Good point. All right. Good point. (laughs) God. Anyway, he's told to go away, but not before Sheldo just owns the shit out of the bowl cut for the fact his mom is Jewish. God. We're going to get to a little bit uh, a little bit worse situation with the Jewish people a little bit later, as you might yeah. know by the, the episode title of the Jerusalem duality. <laughs> God. You might have thought that they just gave it that name because it, the gag of Big Bong Theory titles is that they all sound like some god-awful airport thriller novel. 
unfortunately, this one is based on something that happens in the episode, and it sucks a lot. Yeah. Anyway, just to make sure you get it, they repeat the next joke six fucking times. First, bowl cut says, go away. Second says, wait, did Leonard tell you to say that? After the denial, he says, that can't be a coincidence. Pauses for the laugh and says, there must be a causal link. The joke, you see, is that his friends hate him. We are saved most of the next scene because we just cut straight to the hot nerd saying, go away to him. He doesn't even get a real bit. He gets an implied (laughs) bit that happens off screen. And he says, curiouser and curiouser, and thank God we break for ads. Sam, why didn't you put any ads in when you sent us a recording of this? (laughs) Why didn't you add ads to give us a break? Just show my balls for like 20 (laughs) seconds. Oh oh boy. Oh God, sweet (laughs) life-giving nectar. What are you selling? (laughs) Just recreate meat spin. What are you buying? (laughs) Anyway, after the relaxing 10 minutes of footage of Sam's testicles, the nerds just contemplate destroying Skunky Beaumont so Shelton will go back to normal. Bullcut is instantly on board with this. The other ones are like, come on, it's just a kid. Who do we care? And Bullcut proposes we should get the child horny because once upon a time I was horny and it never stopped and it distracted me a whole bunch. Shelton shows up. The go away gag repeats. Yeah, they're like talking about like seducing this kid and they're like, hey, yeah, one time I saw a girl once and my grades dropped from a (laughs) 5.0 to a 1.0 because I like looked at a girl. I saw a girl and then I jacked off constantly for three months. I think that's the implied joke here. I mean, they are right that nerds are horny, but it doesn't usually prevent them from their studies. It's usually a five minute break. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> I don't know, man. I guess. I mean, that's... that's they also says. clearly haven't heard of wool cells. <laughs> oh, the yeah. Higher, the higher life form that I belong to. <laughs> yes. Okay, the guy who fucking can't go one episode without mentioning his ball. <laughs> right, my ball... I don't use my balls sexually. <laughs> they're, they're platonically. <laughs> oh, okay. Just they are perfect spheres glowing yes. with luminescent power. At they're the point. ideal of testicles. All right. I, I shouldn't That's why he made them to put ads for I them on the big... Do you want to talk about this some more, Mike? <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not so fun down in the hellhole, is it? No, I look, I have been in this hellhole since we started this podcast. <laughs> Sandwich, shut up about dicks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you thought you merely adopted the dick jokes. We were oh. born and molded by them. All That's right. a vain reference. Oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this is the next time that the girl appears in this episode, which, God, this is, I'd say this is the worst scene, except for there is a worse throwaway joke to come. They walk up to the girl's apartment and they say, hey, can we get a hot 15-year-old Asian girl who's into nerdy guys? Uh. And then the nerd social nerd corrects him, hey, that's racist. Any race of hot 15-year-old Asian girl who's into nerdy guys will do. Uh. Yeah. Uh, uh, she just, they, she's, yep, she doesn't, she doesn't like that because, you know. <laughs> I need to choose my next words carefully. Okay. <laughs> so yeah. I'm just not going to talk. Yep. Yeah, just let's just leave that where it is that this joke sucks ass and uh not good. <laughs> the nerd who can't talk to women unless he's drunk then says, 
I suppose she may have misunderstood us, and I'm the one who has to take nuanced notes for this one, and my notes just say, fuck off! Yeah, I just skipped this scene. <laughs> Mine says, fuck the show, and then cool, and then they are prowling for 15-year-olds. <laughs> That's All very of these explicit. things are correct. Yeah. It's 2007 and the joke is nerds are sexual predators. Yay. I think anyway. that's the main joke throughout this too. Like Oh yeah. That's, that's not the that only keeps like, going. It's not just that they hate their friend. It's that also they're predators. Like I think that that is also the joke in this show. Uh-huh. <laughs> cool. Skunky and the biggest bong attack Shelton. In his despair, Shelton has decided to refocus on winning the Nobel Peace Prize. Why exactly Professor Ugi brought Skunky along to witness this? Look, the show needed it to happen. Our good friend Shelton has a plan. He's going to build an exact replica of Jerusalem in the middle of the Mexican desert. To what end? asks Professor Ugi intelligently. Oh. It's to solve Middle East peace. Because if you just transplant all the Jews to somewhere else, this has never ended badly. This sounds familiar. It sounds really familiar. I seem to recall that this didn't work the first time we tried it. The people who were there weren't fans. As someone who took a class called the History of the Holocaust in college, this sounds very familiar. Why, yes. Mike, would you like to give a sidebar on the Madagascar plan? No, because that's about it. That's what they wanted to do. (laughs) (laughs) That was their first idea. Glide. Yeah. Fun Holocaust trivia, Jim. I knew you wouldn't be able to resist giving a sidebar, Jim, if I said no. I was hoping that you'd be able to take up the slack, but I will put this on my shoulders and also take this in on me. But yeah, the original idea that the fucking Nazis had for the Holocaust was instead of just killing them here, we're going to ship them to Madagascar, which is a place where they will all die, but it's because I'm throwing them somewhere they'll have no infrastructure to survive with, but I can pretend that I'm not actively killing them. So Shelton is building a scale model of Jerusalem in the Sonoran Desert in the anticipation this will solve Middle East peace. One of the things you really need to be careful about when you're talking about pro-Palestinian rights is that a lot of... I don't think Sheldon's well-meaning here, but a lot of well-meaning people <laughs> accidentally create the Holocaust. <laughs> I know, right? It like, happens a lot online. This one was straight up the Nazis' alpha plan. <laughs> they yeah, couldn't uh, pull it off. They had to. G- the Holocaust was Plan B. Do you think that's the joke? Like, do you think that no. in this they're realizing I think that the, the joke is that Sheldon's an awful person, and then that sort of lends credence to how bad this idea is. But it's Maybe. still jarring. It's like, don't <laughs> jarring. do that. Yeah, <laughs> to get the Nobel Peace Prize. Yes. <laughs> anyway, he just says, "Build it, and they will come." Who will come? All the Jewish people. Why would they come? They already live the other place. We'll make it nice. We'll put out a spread. And Professor Ugi, sensibly realizing that he is talking to a nerd who is dabbling with weird Holocaust shit, changes the subject abruptly. Yeah, he leads the kid out, right? And as they, like, like, so he's just like, oh, shit, whatever. We're, we're, like, Skunky is now in the school. And he's like, god damn it. And so... And Prosheldo drops a Matrix reference. 
Right. But so they lead the kid out, right? And there's something that's very important here that we need to focus on. Sheldo starts singing here. Oh, no. He- hold on. You're skipping the first oh, the good. part that I just fucking went off on. Because as the guy wanders up, you'll have to excuse uh, Dr. Bazinga. He's been under a lot of... Well, he's nuts. And the audience goes fucking wild at having it confirmed that the nerd is mentally ill. We hate this insane man. (laughs) Yeah, everyone hates him. God. And then he... The problem is I want to put in the clip, but I'm not putting in any clips of the Big Bong Theory because CBS will absolutely destroy us. But I also don't want to sing this. Well, it doesn't really matter, like, the exact... Lyrics? Like, well, it kind of does, actually. Okay, yeah. so as as the kid is led out of the uh, dangerous environment that is Sheldo's office, right? The, the Sheldo starts singing about people, somebody dying in a cell, and then he wins a prize, right? And I think it's implied that he means the kid, but I think he's referring to his peace project here. Yeah, and <laughs> right? then as they're wandering on out, he goes, I, 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 I. Hava Nagila. Yeah. It's so he's definitely referring to his project to deport the people of Israel, right? <sighs> yep. Okay. Uh, <laughs> all right. This is the part where I will reach like hell to give the showrunners a modicum of credit. Dumb bullshit like this is a legendary problem with people like Sheldo. Doctors, lawyers, and engineers are all legendary for pulling shit like this. You become an expert in one field, you get used to being treated as a god within it, and then once you're no longer as great, you get some very, very weird attempts to branch out. See that electrical engineer at Northwestern that had some, uh... Uh, pretty bad ideas about the Holocaust. Yeah. Also, see us doing being experts on Doug and trying to branch out to Big Bong. Right. <laughs> yeah. The most famous case that our viewing audience will have possibly heard of was Ben Carson, the brain surgeon who ran against Trump in 2016. Ben Carson was an astonishingly good neurosurgeon. He pioneered techniques that revolutionized the field in people not dying of brain stuff. But you can't be uh, on the top of your game forever. He got old. He couldn't still be a surgeon. And his ego couldn't take the reduction to just being a teacher. So fuck it. He decided to become a Republican politician. People like this produce crank theories like a fallen tree produces mushrooms. Sheldo is engaging in a kind of sad thing that happens a lot. Which I will give some small credit to the makers of the show. This sort of thing happens... It's not good, but it happens. Yeah, so why doesn't he get fired? <laughs> because he's tenure. protagonist. <laughs> tenure. No, he's in his 30s. There's no way in hell this guy has tenure. Yeah. I don't know, man. He got his doctorate at 15. Oh, good point. Maybe he got super tenure when he was 12. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway... Acknowledging that this idea is an abomination, at least, the next scene is they just cut to the reception for Skunky, where he's speaking to an obvious Jewish guy who tells him, go away. It's that joke that we like. No, we love it. Professor, we could call it Nuevo Jerusalem. Cool. Please go away. And Bingo Bongo himself says, said Pharaoh to Moses. Man. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, 
I yeah, this show is so spiteful. It's it's, it's so just, spiteful. It's hateful. I think that's a really good way to phrase it. I just feel really bad now. I know. I feel like, just fucking awful. There's like, like a I, hit at the bottom of my soul, and it's Sheldo saying bazinga. I am intentionally like forcing myself to smile so that I can talk animatedly, <laughs> but like much even worse than when I first watched this. Talking about it just makes me sad, man. Oh, boy. Well, expect the new show from Hit Podcast, The Funny Papers, The Medium Bong Theory, premiering every Wednesday. (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) Thankfully, it's time to leave one type of the horrible shit and go to the other horrible shit. As uh, Professor Ugi notes, there sure is a lot of ladies around. Awooga! Awooga! They're 15. (laughs) God. Ooh, he's confused about this, but the hot nerd assures him that everybody whose insurance files indicated they had a daughter between 14 and 16 years of age got a very important email saying that it was take your daughter to work day. Insanely creepy. Insanely. Like, and think of it, there's so many people here. Bull cut smirks and uh, comments smooth, and the hot nerd responds, thank you, as he explains exactly how they got all this in. The laugh track reminds you it is funny that the nerds are preying on young women. And the guys are fucking yelling about it. Like, this is another one of those scenes that makes me think about, like, extras and think think about, like, you know, how much, like, what actual people in the background would do as opposed to, like, people being used as props, right? Mm -hmm. Because the guys are, like, yelling about their fucking creepy plans this entire time. Oh, yeah. And And I realize realize that it's, like, stage whispers, but still, like, come on. (laughs) And um, we're about to go to the dark place because as Skunky arrives, Social Nerd spells it out. All right. We now have a socially awkward genius surrounded by a room of age-appropriate women. All he has to do is hook up with one of them. We cut back to Skunky, and predictably, he has locked up. Like, he's just kind of shuffling, like, scratching his arm, like, very so, like, eh. And anybody else see the flaw in this plan? Ha <laughs> ha. All right, gag. And now... The darkness begins. It also specifically shows him walking in with people who I think are his parents. Yes. And then they disappear? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) We need a social catalyst. Hey, wait, we can't get 15-year-old girls drunk. And for a split second, I was about to give this show credit before Bullcut chimed in with, Or can we? And the laugh track giggles. Yeah. Uh... It's funny that the adult nerds are talking about getting 15-year-old women drunk. And screaming about it. My notes (laughs) again here say, fuck off. Because you can see, like, I was watching the people in the background to see if they would ever, like, uh, you know, make any kind of effect on this. And they keep looking at them. Yeah. I'd, I'd keep looking at them. I wouldn't be able to look away. That's the thing, like, but nobody, like, comments on it or anything, and, like, of course it's because they're extras, whatever, right? It's because they're, like, framing devices for the show. They might as well be props, but, like, they're fucking screaming about this, and people keep fucking... (laughs) I mean, particularly given what happens next, which is Shelton walking up and saying, Hey, social nerd, you're a Jew! And you just, in that moment, you watch as the eyes of the various nerds realize... We all knew the day this conversation would happen would come. Yeah. Just 
there is no good direction this conversation can possibly go, and they just stare him down. Yeah. yeah. They don't like him. That's the joke. <laughs> and in fairness, right now it's more justified than it's ever been. Mm. Anyway, we go from that brief flicker of nightmare to the nerds attempting to select prospective girlfriends for young Skunky, but keep running up against the rocks of their own past incompetence with women. Bullcut has something that I'm pretty sure is somebody's fetish in his past, and Social Nerd was stuck in a I'm all about this girl, she doesn't really care about me relationship. Both of them start crying, and the laugh track fucking loses it at both of their tales of failed relationships past. I love it. I it's love so it, good. Buds. It's very funny that mm. these these women <sighs> these women rejected yeah. me. <laughs> yeah. God. <laughs> and then the hot one says, "How about her?" And this one uniquely we don't cut to. And Bull Cut says, "Little chubby, but probably low self esteem. Good choice." And the audience uh. laughs, indicating this is funny. I'm running out of steam, fellas. <laughs> We're almost there. We're almost there. But, okay, so one of us needs to go and talk to her, and there's a bit of shooting back and forth about how, ah, dang, we don't know how to talk to girls. <laughs> then Hot Nerd, out of nowhere, says what might be the worst thing in this episode, and it has strong competition. In India, this would be simpler. Five minutes with her dad, 20 goats and a laptop, and we'd be done. Fuck this show. I know, Jesus <laughs> Christ. I wanna, like, I wish it would be audible of me just God. throwing my headphones down, but it probably wouldn't come up on mic. <laughs> like, this is 2007. That was a stereotype that last made any sense to anybody in maybe the 60s, and even then it was a horrible racist thing to say. I miss Doug so much. <laughs> oh, God. At least when Doug does weird racist shit, it's behind a level or two of dumb bullshit as opposed to just full out the joke is that Indians are less than white people. Oh, it's okay, Killer Tofu shirt. We'll be back to you soon. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, God. Start uh, kissing your chest. Yeah, how did you know? <laughs> <laughs> I'll start kissing your chest. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Ooh. Wait, no, you're kissing the imposter mic that's next to you. <laughs> yeah, the imposter mic I decided is just a body pillow with your face on it. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, soon, give me that. Honey Papers, LLC. I have it pressed against my cheek. <laughs> just going, mmm, 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 mmm. That's what I gave you for your birthday last year. <laughs> I need a new one. Mine has stains on it. Oh, no, it's, that's part of the experience. <laughs> it came pre-stained. <laughs> yeah, I sent it to Jim first. It's like yeah. those acid watch jeans. <laughs> Makes it more fashionable. Right. <laughs> that way when people come into your apartment and see it, they're like, what a cool guy. <laughs> <laughs> this guy knows what's up. Yeah. <laughs> this guy doesn't do a podcast with the Big Bong Theory. Yeah, he must do one about Doug. <laughs> okay, so almost there, almost there. We just had to take a brief break. Right we there. very much needed to there. <laughs> like, you know, you need to, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right, so Oogie launches into a speech. Shelton's being a little shit in the background, dropping several not even jokes about how eh, this guy's not that great. And Skunky is introduced and asked if he will say anything about his upcoming research. And he doesn't show up. And then, hey, hey, Skunky, Skunky, you gotta show up. And what? Skunky pops in from another door. You want to tell us about your upcoming research? No. 
I'm going to the mall with Emma. And a young actress is clearly been making out with him in the back room. And they just walk off into the distance. And the nerds comment, the kid got a girl. Did anyone see how he did it? Because we'd like to remind you, nerds are predators. Uh-huh. Hey, what a Chad, folks. Uh-huh. And speaking of Chad moves, Shelton leaps up and hijacks the speech to be about him. While Mr. Beaumont has fallen for the inexplicable need for human contact, let me step in and assure you that my research will go on uninterrupted and that social relationships will continue to baffle and repulse me. That's not me doing a bit. That's what he fucking says in the episode. The laugh track goes wild. And everybody in the background claps. <laughs> this is the first time that they've shown any appreciation for him. Oh, thank so this, God. This Sheldon is, the, is back to normal. This is the first moment when they, like, appreciate him, right? Normally, throughout the rest of the episode, the joke has been, hey, go away. We don't want to hear you talking. But when he gives the speech, they like him. I appreciate there is a shot in the background while this is all happening of as he is giving this awful fucking speech. There is a young female extra behind him who is smiling with the same horrible rictus smile I had watching this of, oh, God, I can't properly express my revulsion. So I have to disguise my sneer as a smile. I mean, they are all clapping because he says that social relationships repulse him, and this show is fundamentally repulsive. <laughs> so, so you Any think element of being... repulsion is going to be wildly lauded and loved by everyone in this show and the audience. <laughs> loving it. And us, honestly. This show is McDonald's because I'm we are loving it. it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Anyway, that's the climax, but because unlike a Doug episode, uh, this has space to do an epilogue, they now do an epilogue where they were launching model rockets in the park, which you shouldn't do in an inhabited area, those will break windows, and they're griping about, how could we get cited for launching model rockets in the park? And the answer, because you tried to sexually harass the policewoman citing you, is given to bowl cut. That's just the joke of the episode. It's not that it's not that they like hate Bing Bong now because Bing Bong is with them and it's like they don't hate him anymore. I think the core of this episode and the show is that they're like sex offenders, right? I think that that's the thing. That's a very large part of it, yes. <laughs> and then they the punchline to the whole thing is, "Hey, it's Skunky and he's drinking and making out in public while some fucker plays guitar." Yeah, we really ruined his life, says the social nerd sarcastically. And the line the episode concludes on, as the laugh track loses it one final time, is, Screw him, he was weak. But I don't think, there's nothing to say that he's not still a professor at the college, right? He might just be a cool professor who smokes weed, right? right. And makes right. out with uh, 15-year-olds. That's the optimistic reading of this, that he's just become cool. The pessimistic <laughs> reading of this is that his grades are going to falter and he's going to get sent back to North Korea. Also that. For right? his crime of boning a white woman. It tracks. Also, like, 
His parents are no longer involved, right? I'm pretty sure that they were implying that he was being brought in by his parents, but they, his parents don't give a fuck They're when gone. he leaves, nope. and they don't give a fuck when uh, he's just in the park, like, making out with the stoner kids, Maybe right? they ha- he has cool parents that provided him with the 40 he's drinking. Maybe. Yeah, they're just like, as long as you do it in the park. <laughs> well, his dad's like, you're making out with a girl? High five. <laughs> Way to go, <laughs> dad, son. You found the one context where a professor making out with a 15-year-old isn't creepy. Good job. God. His dad's probably in the foreground of the shot, like, taking a picture. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, well. All right. But we did it, guys. We made it. Fuck. Yeah, dude. <laughs> it's over. A very important postmodem. Here on Bungus Bingus, we have a rating system for episodes. Oh, God. Every episode is rated according to how well it hits on the core themes of the classic 2000 sitcom, The Big Bong Theory. I'm clutching my head, Jim. <laughs> I'm, like, hitting the stop button. <laughs> <laughs> Characteristic one. That is a reference to a thing I know. How many times did this episode remind you of a piece of pop culture that you remember in the hopes that you might associate that good product with this also good product? He did a Yoda impersonation, so five bazingas out of five bazingas. Uh, while I was watching the recording that we made off of, uh, this through, like, what, through using OBS Studios, I could hear in the background that there were sounds of G-chat pings, which <laughs> reminded me of the podcast The Funny Papers, which is who probably was those G-chat pings, so I'll say, uh, it is three bazingas. Nerd detestability. <laughs> How much did this episode remind you that nerds are horrible creatures who should be caged for the safety of fine, upstanding, normal people? 69,000 bazingas. Look, I look, I think that this show is fucked up because like I, like we can, we talk a lot of shit on like nerds and stuff, but we are also nerds. And we need to know that. And yeah. so like I think that it is giving like a, a horrible name to like just saying to like, hey, every nerd is bad, which I don't think is true. And but like, this I show sure up, fucking thinks that. I agree, and so I think that this show is is like detestable because it, it also gives a bad name to like everybody. There is right? no affection in this show. Yes, well, the that's show what is I'm spiteful. As we were going on about it's spiteful yeah. and mean, and I hate well, it. Me. And so there I'm going to say zero of affection showed in the entire show. And it was the girl infantilizing the hot nerd who can't talk to her. It was also the girl saying that white rice is good and saying that Sheldo's milkies are good. Right, we need the milkies. We need Sheldo's That's what milkies. nerds are good for, is making milkies. Yeah, we didn't really <laughs> dwell on it much, but the fact that the relationship between um, the girl and the hot nerd is she is his surrogate mom... That sure is a fucking thing. And that she milks Sheldon. <laughs> yes. No, I'm milking Sheldon. Oh. I'm pushing your... her out of the way so I can go milk Sheldon. Because <laughs> you're jealous of his prestige and age of Conan. Yes, yes. that's right. I'm, I'm trying to steal his account, so I'm sucking him off. All right, next Third question. <laughs> Vicious misogyny. How much did this episode remind you that the writers consider women nothing more than objects for sexual gratification? Yeah, a lot. <laughs> Several bazingas. Many bazingas there. Lots I, of bazongas. There are other people who've gone more in-depth on Bongus Bingus who have pointed out that that is, if anything, the through line of the whole fucking show. 
Various other features will be added or subtracted as things go on, but there is no episode where you are not reminded that women exist for the pleasure of men. But they bring on a girl, Sheldo. Oh, huh? boy. Huh? <laughs> Look, I'm glad that we don't have to watch any more episodes to corroborate this. <laughs> Only for pleasure. All right. And then finally, and the most important of them all, the Bazinga Factor. How many times did Shelton make you say Bazinga over the course of this episode? I should have kept count. Over watching it or talking about it? Both. Uh, I mean, I would probably say it like three times talking about it, but never watching it. Jesus. I was kissing the body pillow and saying bazinga the entire oh. time. All right. Well, moaning, that means that I was, moaning, I, I was probably I was deeply disappointed it. because at no point did Shelton say what becomes his classic catchphrase that we all know and enjoy, bazinga. So zero out of 10, worst episode ever. And fortunately, the next episode will be better. All right. I'll listen to your show about it, Jim. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Thank you, everybody, for coming along on exercising this particular sick, twisted demon. Fuck this. (laughs) This was awful. We should switch to this show full time. (laughs) Yes. Sounds good. All right. I'll listen to your show and not participate. (laughs) (laughs) We're just going to sample you in the show and you go, yes, yes, Sheldon's Milkies. No. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Okay. Sounds good. (laughs) All right, everybody. I hope you've enjoyed this, the day that is definitely April Fool's and not one day before it, because if it was, I subjected my friends to this for nothing. Great. Yeah, before we started this, you said the most gym line I've ever heard of, boy, it's a good thing I came up with this idea so that I wouldn't be (laughs) bitching about it. Yep. (laughs) That is the most gym line I've ever heard you say. Yep. It's so good. And I remain proud of it to this moment. But alas, ladies and gentlemen, our time together has come to a conclusion. Leave now and remember this warning. Bazinga. Bye. See you next week for season four of The Hook. Bye. (laughs)